Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Daily Oz. It is Tuesday, the 26th of April. I hope you all had a wonderful long weekend, if that was indeed the way that you spent your time. If you were part of the retail, hospitality sectors, or any other sectors that worked, I hope everyone spoke to you nicely. Zara, we are back for another week. It's another week on the campaign trail. Anthony Albanese is still in isolation for a couple of days, but that hasn't stopped the political news from coming. Before we talk about the French presidential election, Zara, what is making news this morning? This morning, we're still talking about the Liberal candidate in Warringah because Swimming Australia has threatened legal action against a conservative activist group called Advance after it used images of Australian swimmers in an ad that said, women's sport is not for men. This was in response to some of the critiques of the candidate for Warringah, but in a statement, the organisation, that is Swimming Australia, clarified that Swimming Australia believes in a competitive environment that is inclusive, fair and equitable for all athletes at the same time. Meanwhile, Defence Minister Peter Dutton has compared Russian President Vladimir Putin to Adolf Hitler in an interview on Anzac Day yesterday, saying, quote, We have to be realistic that people like Hitler and others aren't just a figment of our imagination or that they're consigned to history. We have in President Putin at the moment somebody who is willing to kill women and children. U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken and Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin have met Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky in Kiev, this being the first meeting since Russia's invasion. The U.S. announced after the meeting additional military assistance for Ukraine and the gradual return of U.S. diplomats to the country. And today's good news, a World War I medal has been returned to the family of a First Nations soldier it belonged to. The medal was discovered in a locked box and returned to the family of the soldier in Melbourne. While you were out spending time with your loved ones over the long weekend, there was some big political news from across the other side of the world, and that was, of course, the election in France. So French President Emmanuel Macron was returned as France's president after beating far-right candidate Marine Le Pen in the national presidential election. It was an election that the entire European continent and indeed the world was watching and for very good reason. Sam, start from the beginning and talk us through the results and then what it actually means. So Emmanuel Macron beat Marine Le Pen 58.55% to 41.45%. It was, however, the biggest share of the vote a far-right candidate has ever received in the country. So Marine Le Pen is a far-right candidate. She runs on a very far-right platform. And and that's a really important part to take out of this result, that 41.45% of France voted for her. So despite the size of Macron's projected victory, this victory fell well short of his 66 to 34% of Marine Le Pen in 2017. The result means that Macron became the first sitting French president to be re-elected in 20 years. They tend to go through presidents the same pace that we go through prime ministers. It was the lowest turnout for a French presidential election since 1969, with only 72% of voters casting a ballot. We're going to talk through why that is in a second. According to partial results, 6.45% of voters in the election voted for neither candidate, so they rocked up to the polls and decided to leave a blank ballot, whilst another 2.35% spoilt their ballots by drawing or writing or scribbling all over it. A real sense here that there was a very unhappy French populace this election. 
Well, I mean, I hope that we have lower levels of uh, donkey votes here in Australia when we go to our federal election. But moving on, what did we hear from the French leaders after the result was announced? There were some amazing photos of Macron addressing the crowds. It's a funny one, Zara, because the photos of Macron standing in front of the Eiffel Tower, in front of this cheering crowd, suggest that it was a bit of a love fest. But in fact, because of the massive percentage that Marine Le Pen received, Macron's speech was quite subdued. He addressed the trend in the victory speech and he told the crowd that an answer must be found to the anger and disagreements that led many of our compatriots to vote for the extreme right. It will be my responsibility and that of those around me. Over the other side of Paris, we heard as well from Marine Le Pen, who said that she would never abandon the French and was already preparing for the June elections. And I'm going to talk about that in a sec. She was confident that the result represents a brilliant victory. She said this evening we launched the great battle for the legislative elections. All right, so I foreshadowed this at the beginning, but can you talk our listeners through why this election result is important, why the rest of Europe was sitting up in their seats and watching and really what it says about where Europe is at? Well, I was just hinting at the point there, but it really is less about what Macron is going to do over the next five years. And it's more about how close Europe got to what Le Pen would have done. Even Macron in his speech said, quote, many of our compatriots voted for me not out of support for my ideas, but to block those of the extreme right. What would a Le Pen presidency look like? Ultimately, she would have advocated for France to leave the EU. She even wanted to restore France's alliance with Russia once the Ukraine conflict was over. And this was actually a really big point of the French election. There was a loan that Marine Le Pen took from a Russian bank closely associated with Vladimir Putin that she's never paid back. So one of the catchphrases used by Macron during the election was that Putin was Le Pen's bank. This is a really important important point. Macron was, according to all analysts, especially effective in tying Le Pen to Putin in the eyes of the French people. The election result is really good news for the Western alliance on behalf of Ukraine because it shows kind of a defiance against Putin's powers. But it is bad news for Russian leader Vladimir Putin, who was very close to having an ally in mainland Europe. Macron's re-election is also a sign of strength for the European Union and a bit of a setback to those who would weaken it or break it up through a similar mechanism like a Brexit. The other important point I wanted to mention is that since the retirement of German Chancellor Angela Merkel late last year, Macron was this leader figure in Europe. Uh, he assumed a bit of a de facto paternal figure role. That's why you see so much commentary about how important this election was for the continent. Okay, and was there any reaction from here, from Australia? We heard from the Prime Minister yesterday who welcomed Macron's election win on Twitter. He said, Congratulations, Emmanuel Macron, on your re-election as president. Another great expression of liberal democracy in action in uncertain times. Obviously referencing there the tensions that we just spoke about. Diplomatic relations between Australia and France have been a little tense in recent times. This follows Australia's decision to scrap a multi-billion dollar submarine contract with France in favour of nuclear-powered vessels with the AUKUS security pact. There was, of course, that unforgettable moment at last year's G20 where Macron accused Morrison of lying to him about the terms of the submarine deal. How could we forget? And the whole of Twitter decided it was a good time to dig up that vision yesterday. 
To wrap up, can you just tell me a bit about France's political system and kind of what happens from here for people that might not be familiar with French politics? Because I know I certainly wasn't. It's a really weird system. It's kind of got two channels that they vote on at very different times. And and what we saw over the weekend was the presidential race. And this is a classic two-horse race. It took a little while to dwindle the candidates down to an A versus a B. But once they had those two, it was kind of you're voting for one or voting for the other. The legislative elections, and that forms those in the National Assembly, they're over two rounds on June 12 and June 19. And so now Macron has no time to waste at all. He has to start campaigning straight away for these legislative elections so that he can actually control the House of Parliament and pass laws. Without control of this assembly, the French president won't be actually able to do anything. If Macron's party, which is called Republic on the Move, lose its majority, they currently hold the majority in the House, Macron could be faced with a hung parliament, a fractured parliament, whatever you want to call it, and he will need to enter into negotiations for every single decision he wants to execute. So will the National Assembly then just be the major focus for the newly re-elected president? Surely that with so much happening across the world, there needs to be at least two things high on the priority list. You're absolutely right. He needs to make sure he's in fighting form for those June elections, but he has to address the escalating inflation triggered by the impact of any new energy sanctions on Russia and the growing cost of living price. You know, we're having the same discussions here as we are all over the world, and France is not an exception to that. But then there's this extra crisis of the growing refugee issue. About 5 million people have fled Ukraine in two months, and refugees are heading into countries that border Ukraine like Poland, they've already taken 3 million of the 5 million refugees. But it's those countries, like Poland, that are looking to their European counterparts to share the weight of this crisis. France have not been that active in taking in Ukrainian refugees. So far, about 30,000 refugees have arrived from Ukraine, and they've pledged to take another 70,000. But it's a pledge that many in Europe are saying will be far from sufficient, and the new president will have that to deal with straight away. All right. Well, thank you for making us all pros in French politics. But there is, of course, a lot happening here domestically. So we're going to be dual Australian and French experts by the end of this week. That is all we have time for today, though. If you want to keep up with what is happening both here and abroad, follow us on Instagram at The Daily Oz. It's where over 350,000 Aussies get their news every day. And we'd love to have you there as well as here. Have a great day.